This episode of Financial Safari is brought to you by Kevin Frisbee and Frisbee and Associates for all your retirement needs. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Peter J. Deruta or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. On today's show, we'll highlight some statistics about retirement, and some may really surprise you. The good news, there's still time to get yourself on track. Hi, this is Coach Pete, and if you've got questions on how to properly structure your assets and build retirement income, you're in the right place. Welcome to the Financial Safari. Hey, welcome in, everybody. This is Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is the president of Frisbee and Associates, and I'm just going to say it. He's a best-selling author. At least I think it's a bestseller. It's Every Dime Every Day, a great book uh, that Kevin uh, wrote. And and here's the thing about your book, Kevin. And uh, By the way, hi. How are you? I'm great, Steve. How are you doing today? <laughs> so good. <laughs> good, thanks. You know, we were talking I'm waiting before. to hear what you're going to say. Well, no, what I'm saying is, I you know, I know a lot of advisors, and sometimes they, they write a book or they say that write a book, but they didn't really write it. I mean, they just put their name on it and and wrote a chapter. You sat down and put this book together. This is, you know, an autobiography of of really, uh, but again, about how you got to where you are and and the steps you took to get there. It's really quite fascinating and pretty interesting. And as you know, I gave it to all my kids. I got three kids. They're all grown. And I gave it to all of them and they they love it. And and my son, who's 28 and his wife, um, you know, it inspired them a lot, and they are, I mean, they're saving for retirement at 28. They're putting money in a Roth. I mean, you know, so your book does a lot of good. I, I appreciate that feedback, and I, I don't think I'm a best-selling author, but I get paid from Amazon every month, so I, I guess that's uh, <laughs> that says something right that there. Somebody's something. buying my book out there. Exactly. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, the whole point, what you just said, I, I know a lot of advisors that claim to write a book and they, you, you, to your point, they read a chapter and then claim they wrote the whole book and that's not, that's not real. No. Um, I did sit down and I did, and I tell my personal story and I thought I had somebody in here the other day, a brand new client interviewing me to see if they wanted to work with me. And they, they, they come in and said, you know, we, uh, it was a second appointment. They said, you know, we took your book back and we read your book and I thought it was fascinating and it was great. And she said, she chimed in and she said, I loved how you told your story because I feel now having a second appointment with you, like I know you to some degree, like like because of your story, because of where your upbringing is, because you're totally relatable with us now, because we're hardworking people and you weren't given anything in your life. You were somebody that come up from the ranks, basically, from a mill town in Rufford, Maine, and pulled yourself up by the bootstraps after making a couple financial mistakes and made something happen of your life. And now- it's kind of pushed me into what I do today on a mission in some ways, Steve, as mm-hmm. you know. Yes. And I don't want to get off on a tangent, but it, it, it now motivates me to kind of go out there in the public and offer consultations and give guidance on the financial matters that try to avoid some of the mistakes that I've seen people make right. and that I've made in the past myself. Sure. I mean, again, that's what really is is kind of is so. I don't know. It's just um, rewarding. Just reading the book. It's very empowering as you as you you know as you lay things out and you say, "Well, I can do that," and you start to do that. And and boy, oh boy, it, it is. It's very motivating. 
It is. I appreciate that. I appreciate the feedback. And again, so that kind of gets into what we're talking about here and, you know, uh, some statistics about retirement (laughs) and young people. I know, uh, you know, well, they say they're maybe in their 20s and they go, I'm just going to retire when I'm 50. And then they turn 30 and go, oh, well, maybe not. Better yet, they turn 50 and go, oh, well, maybe not. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> we, yes. we, which is exactly why they have catch-up provisions on retirement accounts. When you, people wake up, they're 50 years old. I'm almost there myself. And I, I, you wake up one day and say, wait a minute, my, my kids are grown or growing. And now all of a sudden, I have to focus on myself. My, what am I going to do here in the next one or two decades to, to get to retirement time frame, if that's your time frame? And so, yeah, people do start out in their 20s and twenty, maybe 25, 30 years old and say, I, I'm going to get done at 50. I'm not going to be like my parents or my aunts and uncles. I, I can make something differently. And some will, but few, few will get done at 50. Most people are going to work until they get to be the 60 or 65 or 70 uh, age, age factor. By the way, for young people that listen to the show or anybody for that matter that's listening to the show, talking about my, my book just a second ago, mm-hmm. I'm going to offer it additionally besides the consultations we give. I'm going to give a free copy of my book to everybody that uh, that calls up the show today. So I won't get paid from Amazon. I'm going to give it away. You don't have to go buy it. Call us up and I'll give it. I'll be able to send it out to you. Absolutely, eight hundred nine nine eight five six four nine. And you talk about young people, and and you you're probably familiar with the term fire, right? Finan- no, me financial it. independence, retire early. That's the mantra of so many young people today. Oh, I like that. I I've not heard that before. Oh, you yeah. said that. So fire. So. Fire, uh, fire generation now. I mean, everybody, everybody every generation's got a name. Yes, and then they they're breaking it up in a different... All right. I, I'll buy into that. Fire. Financially independent, retire early. All right. So if you're listening to the show and you're 50 or 40 even, how do you be part of that fire generation? Mm-hmm. Maybe you don't want to work till you're 70 years old. So let's get a plan in place. And, and, and I believe if you do it early enough, it's doable thing. Sure. There's a lot that can be done. The sooner the better. Well, and I mean, you know, retiring early does mean one thing. You're going to need more money because you're going to live a long time. You've got to make that money last. So two things there. You're going to need more money likely. And yes, you have to figure out how to make that money last. That's true. What do you do now? How do you how do you maybe do some passive investing? Maybe you do some real estate investing. I'm not a I'm a big real estate fan. People know that if they know me personally. And rental income, it's there's learning curves here. There's benefits and pitfalls to it. But if you're young enough to get into the rental market, it might be something that, to add to the mix of your portfolio for potential retirement income. The, the thing with rental income is that you're better to start that earlier and get over that learning curve mm-hmm. versus doing it at 65. And I, I've had, and I say that because I've had some people come in in their 60, young 60s, and and they say, Kev. We're, we're thinking about taking some of our 401k money and put it into rental real estate. What do you think? And I chuckle a little bit and I say, well, it's not a bad idea, but let's talk through that because I have experience and I can guide you along. Here's what you have to pay attention to. It's not that you would, whatever you think you're going to get for income, that's not straight clear income. You've got upkeep, you've got people move out, you've got to fix places up, you've got to do all kinds of stuff. So it has to be built into that budget. So it, when you think about what the numbers are on a particular building or project, those numbers have to be changed to adjust for a lot of other things, occupancy rates and whatever. So to that point, it's probably not the right time in your 60 to start dabbling in rental real estate. Oh you, boy, that seems like a lot of work. <laughs> and, a, and a lot of work. I mean, do you want to be chasing down broken toilets in you know in your retirement and getting a phone call on a, on a cold winter morning saying that the furnace isn't working and it's leaking water? 
Uh, we just had one of those. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I know why well, I know the calls that come in and I see the work that goes with it. And it's, it's not that simple. It's not as passive as you might think. Well, and again, in planning for a longer retirement, and, and as you begin that process with folks of, of, you know, sitting down with them from that first meeting on to when they, they maybe will become a client, you know, you, you have to think, I mean, you know, we living in, we're living into our mid eighties or nineties, you know, living to a hundred is not all that unusual anymore. We've got a plan it's, for that. It, it's not that unusual. I, you know, <laughs> part of my morning routine, I, I get up, I got, grab a cup of coffee and I've got a couple of websites that I go do some research on and do some reading on. And, and unfortunately, one of them is the, 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 you know, my local paper and I look at the obituaries. Well, we and all do. And so <laughs> I think we all do probably, but, but I do because sometimes I'm not the first call from a family that has somebody passed away that might be a client. And sometimes I do find that I, I find a client in, in the obits and, and I haven't heard from the family yet. So I'll reach out to them. And, and just kind of touch base. But at the end of the day, I do want to, I look at the ages in the obits and I say, all right, there's somebody that's 45 that just passed away. And I'm like, my God, mm -hmm. I'm older than that person. You know, how did that, I don't click on how did that person die? And you look at the ages on the obits and, and you see some people that have 93, 94, 95 years old. Sometimes they make it to a hundred years old. Um, there's, there's more people doing that. But, but again, it makes me think as a person, individual, not just as an advisor, like you don't know how much time you have, God willing, you don't know how much time you have in front of you. Right. I've got, right now I've got four death claims pending, meaning I've got four clients that have passed in the last couple of months. All happen to be males, by the way, just by, just, it's unusual, but all happen to be males. Um, and we're processing paperwork and death claims to the, to the surviving spouses and to the family members. And three of them were 60, happened to be 63 years old. Wow. And all of them were out of the blue. All Oof. of them were, were out of the blue. And so I look at that and say, this person retired a year ago, thinking that they were going to have 20 years in front of them. Yeah. And I, I, it brings me back to the story. My own grandfather retired at 62 years old from Gillette as a district sales manager in the Southeast region of the United States, bought a fifth wheel, bought a new truck, thinking that he was going to take, my grandma going to travel the country and, and enjoy the next 20 or 25 years. And in my grandfather's case, six months later, he had had a massive heart attack and he was gone. Wow. So I look at those experiences. I look at the heartache in people's eyes. I, I had the conversation with one of my clients' uh, uh, widows that was in my office just a couple of weeks ago and, and, and one, of the, one of the kids, the daughter. And I said, listen, you know, she said, I never, I, we always talked that I was, this is her. We always talked that I was going to go first. He had taken care of all the finances. He had taken care of the household. He had done everything. And she was living a happy life. But all of a sudden, he had a heart attack riding a snowmobile. And so I look at, and he have these conversations saying he was, she was too young. He was 70, 74 years old, thinking that he might've had 10 years in front of you. My, my point in saying all of this, I guess, and I'm, I'm, I don't want to get, get off on a tangent, but it, my, my mantra to people, my, my mission to people is if I can get you retired sooner rather than later, we're going to try to do that. Yeah. And if you decide to work longer, that's, that's on you. But I want my clients to enjoy whatever time they might have that they don't know have in front of them. That's pretty inspirational, Kevin. Folks, if you want to get in, 800-998-5649. In fact, why don't we just open up the lines right now and invite folks to call and, and you know have that conversation, folks. That's how it starts. Sounds great, Steve. For the next 10 callers who will call in today, we're going to create a one-page financial review that will indicate if you're in need of a full-blown financial plan. This review is a $499 value. We're going to give it out absolutely free and complimentary with no obligation to the next 10 callers. What this will consist of is taking the mystery out of financial planning by mapping out for you where you are now. 
We'll also run a fee report to help you untangle what working with your current planner or advisor is costing you and see if by simply protecting your retirement investment, you could experience dramatic growth potential. We also perform a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes. We'll even run a customized income plan for you utilizing proven strategies and techniques which could turbocharge your retirement income and take the worry out of living in retirement. In short, we'll help you take the guesswork out of financial planning. For the next 10 callers, a comprehensive financial review that is a $499 value that we're going to give away complimentary with no obligation. Hey, folks, here it is. This is a great opportunity to, to talk about, you know, putting together that financial roadmap. What Kevin was just talking about, I mean, life is short. You don't know what's going to happen. Sit down with Kevin. Let him take a lot of that complex financial world and turn it into something that really just makes sense. It's an excellent chance for you to get a true, practical financial review. And if you're listening, then give us a call. It's 800-998-5649. The next 10 callers are going to get that comprehensive financial review. You will see where you hear where you are today of course but more importantly it does become that roadmap that guide that's going to help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement 800-998-5649 again 800-998-5649 when we come back why decumulation is the new accumulation buzzword in retirement details just ahead how's the market doing it's fine How's the market doing now? The same as it was five seconds ago. Stop worrying about market volatility. A good retirement plan will keep you from panicking when and if there's ever a panic, even during a correction or a mild recession. Get that solid retirement plan with lifetime income and protection from pitfalls. Get in touch with Financial Safari's Kevin Frisbee, 800-998-5649, 800-998-5649. You're listening to the Financial Safari News Network. A 2014 AARP survey found that though the majority, 62%, of Americans over 50 have set aside money for their out-of-pocket medical expenses, more than half are worried about their ability to afford health care. This is concerning because health care will very likely become a significant part of your expenditures when retired. Research shows that Medicare covers only about 60% of healthcare costs for those over 65. One study found that a 65-year-old couple would need an average of $220,000 to cover total healthcare expenses in retirement. Another report put that number as high as $360,000. Those who retire early may spend even more on healthcare because they are eligible for Medicare. A couple retiring at 62 could be adding an additional $17,000 to their annual budget in insurance and other expenses. Everyone's healthcare needs are different, which is why it's important to consider how factors like your age, health, and family medical history affect your potential expenses. Fortunately, there are strategies that you can use to help tame healthcare costs in retirement. Determine whether you are eligible for any employer-sponsored healthcare benefits once you retire. Any assistance you receive could reduce your out-of-pocket costs and thus the amount you need to save for medical expenses. Retirement health care plan accounts like a retiree health savings plan may be available through your employer and can help provide a tax-advantaged way to save for future health care expenses. 
A financial professional can help you determine whether this option is available to you and show you how it may fit into your overall retirement strategies. Hey, welcome back, everybody. This is Financial Safari. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin Frisbee is here having a great conversation. As always, Kevin is president of Frisbee & Associates, a great team of folks. They're independent. They're fiduciaries. They're, they're there to, to help take care of you. Boy, in that last segment, Kevin, you struck a chord with uh, with me where you were talking about retiring early and, and try, helping folks to get to retirement as, you know, if it makes sense, if it's possible to get to retirement because you just never know. And I mean, boy, oh boy, it's... It, it, like you say, you you just don't know what's going to happen, and let's let's make the best of it. Yeah, and I didn't mean to get it off on a. T- I mean, I get tied to these co- these conversations with clients and and personal experiences, and and I just again from my vantage point, it, it gets I get intense about this stuff because yeah. I see the the effects of it. So I apologize to the to the listeners if oh. if it was spent too much time on that, but but I, I guess I felt it was important to to put that information out there. No apology necessary. Um, so let's let's jump into this because this kind of ties into uh, you know to just getting to retirement, and we spend uh, our careers accumulating, and that that's easy enough to do, all things considered. You know, accumulate, 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 but then we get to retirement, and we've got to turn it around and decumulate. And, and that really is a word. It, it is word. So here's, I guess, let me try to put it in an easy explanation. Mm-hmm. And, and I write this, and I have a whole part of the chapter of, of one of my, uh, one of the chapters of my books on this, the accumulation, the preservation and the distribution of assets. So let me briefly explain the accumulation typically is from 20 years old till about 50 years old. People go to work, they start a career, they do all kinds of things to accumulate assets. From 50 till about 62 years old is what I what I call the preservation. You have to start thinking about risk management. You have to start thinking about not taking as much risk as what you did maybe in your 20s and 30s and 40s. You have to th- start thinking about um, that preservation to make sure that you've got coming up to your retirement time frame the, enough assets to be able to do what you need to do. Then what I the, the third part of that is the distribution. The distribution is usually from 62 years old and up. Sometimes it can be sooner if you do decide to retire earlier than 62. Sometimes it can be a little bit later, but that's usually the normal time frame. 62, because that's usually when people can start to collect Social Security early. Mm-hmm. And part of that process is to look at everything that we've that we've accumulated. Uh, and that means even Social Security and, you know, the pensions, the annuities, whatever they might be, and creating that lifetime income. There you go. So the planning comes in, two parts of the distribution planning, to your point, the decumulation. Accumulation, yeah, tough to say, is the first part is how do you start withdrawing assets and where tax efficiently, number one. And then the second part of the distribution is how do you make sure you have legal instruments in place to make sure your assets go to your estate or your beneficiaries in the most effective tax efficient way possible. And so that's a, that's the end of life type planning stuff. But you can help us with that too. I mean, you've got the connections there. We, we, we get free consultation for our clients. Actually, with estate planning attorneys, some of the best in the state, mm-hmm. free. It's no obligation. Sit down with an attorney. Make sure your, your things are buttoned up or make sure you get legal work done if you haven't done it yet. But to the first part of the distribution phase is where we come in is saying, all right, you've got these for assets. You've got these for buckets of money, wherever that money might be. 
You need what for an income stream? You need what to supplement your Social Security? You need what to supplement your mainstay retirement? Whatever you might have for your fixed incomes or if you have a pension. And where do we tax efficiently pull that money from, pull those assets from? And then how do we make sure that we're risk managing to a point but still growing the money? It's critically important to risk manage, not have a big downswing, but it's also important obviously to get gains on your money. You want to at least keep up with it minimum inflation, which is 2 to 3%. But 2 to 3% isn't going to cut it if you're working with an advisor. If you're in a conservative portfolio, it should be 6 7 8% per year. I know sometimes, you know, in the course of the last handful of months, maybe we haven't seen that with the volatility of the market. But at the end of the day, over the course of time with an investment, that's what you should expect to see in a conservative managed portfolio. One of the things we haven't touched on is, is uh, health care and long-term care, and I know they're two separate issues, but we have to talk about that and, and, uh, and address it. So one of the things that the health care issue is sometimes the elephant in the room, meaning if somebody is trying to retire before they turn 65, 65 is critical because you can get on Medicare at that point and pick up a, a supplement or an advantage plan. But if you're younger than that, then you have to go to the market to find out what you can get for healthcare plans. And that's not always the simplest thing. And we've got a healthcare specialist that we can sit you down with or at least have a, a phone consult with to talk through this and figure out what plan might fit you and budget-wise and all, all what your, your needs are. You get on Medicare, those are easy. We've got three of the top Medicare people in the whole state, Kevin Callback, Chris Parnell, and Rick George, that cover the whole state, that we've got every bit, every plan available. And, and they can sit down with the client and say, hey, you, you, you have this for drugs, you have this for formulary, need, whatever you need, they're going to fit and, and tailor the best plan for you as far as the Medicare is concerned. The real big one, though, that people tend to not plan for is a long-term care event. So I had a client uh, January this, this past year. For the last year, he's been taking care of his wife at home, doing the best he can. Uh, she's got a, a severe case of dementia. She's really gone downhill the last few months. And so now he's calling saying, hey, Kev, I, I don't know exactly what to do money-wise. I've got to put her in a home. This is what's going on. We, we talked to an attorney. We, we, him and I talked about distribution of his assets, how to pres preserve as much as we can. And, and, but he's got to put her in a home right away. So now I call this crisis planning, meaning it, you, you, she's going to a home. You, you, we can't, there's a five-year look-back period. We can't reshuffle some assets to the five-year window, but we can do some things to try to preserve as much as we can. There are some things on a crisis planning you can do and, and still preserve some assets. So my point is most people just ignore and try to avoid that, that conversation of long-term care planning. And I'm not saying nobody wants to go to a nursing home. That, that everybody says the same thing. I'm going to take a long walk in the main woods and that'll be the end of it. Well, that's if you can walk. Uh, you know, that doesn't always, that's not always going to be the case. But, but the planning of it, or at least conversationally planning of how do you prevent from and maybe put provisions in place today, maybe doing some additional legal planning to prevent from a, main, from a nursing home or main care siphoning off your assets, it, it's, it's a critical thing that we need to talk about. If you have any kind of assets, that's, a, that's an important subject matter. Absolutely, and and again, like you said, that can sometimes be the elephant in the room. But it, it, it and the, the the good news is, if there is any, I mean, is that there are things available to us that that you can help us put in place that that can cover long term care if it comes up. And and so, I mean, you know, the, I think the insurance industry has responded very positively to uh, help us get through these things. That's right. I'm not a fan of traditional long term care policies, but there there are some insurance products out there that. There's life insurance products with long-term care attachments. There's annuity products with long-term care attachments. 
There's main care qualified annuities. And just briefly what that is, in a crisis situation, somebody's being put in a nursing home, you can actually go buy a main care qualified annuity, which means you can take and roll over, let's say a retirement account into this. Main care will not count it towards the spendable assets in the household if it's the proper annuity. And then you can glean an income from that annuity over a period of whatever time or the rest of your life. And then it's not seizable by, and it's not countable by main care or the nursing home. So again, those are crisis situations and crisis type planning, but we've got the tools in the toolbox to be able to bring solutions to the table. Very cool. 800-998-5649. And we talked a little bit about this before, but getting mentally prepared for retirement, part of that decumulation process, that is as big as anything. <laughs> the mental game is the toughest part. It is. So the the anxiety people have, as I, I've said before, is what to do with your time. Mentally, you're going to you know, wrestle with that. And then mentally, what to do with your money. And some of the people that I, I work with, a lot of people I work with are very frugal people. So what that poses a problem, believe it or not, and it poses a problem on spending. And so they get in a mode all their lives and they might have been you know, raised by people that were grown up in the depression. So now they've got this ingrained with save, 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 save. And so they don't want to spend any money. And so it, it's a difficult thing for people to say, hey, what do I do with this money? I have to take a requirement of distribution. What are you talking about? I don't need that money because they're not spending it. So one thing we'll do with people, we'll sit down and say, all right, you've got a certain amount of money you've got to take as a minimum distribution, let's say. Why don't we put a, a, a plan together to start siphoning into your bank account a thousand bucks a month, two thousand, whatever that number is that needs to be. And then after a while, it kind of tricks you a little bit in, in your mind. After a while, you see that account, that savings account or checking account build up, build up, build up. You might not spend any money for the first few months, but after it builds up for enough, you're going to be like, wait a minute, that's going to come every month. I, I better start thinking about going to spend some of this money. And it starts to loosen up the purse strings a little bit with, with some people. That's got to be a fun process to see. It, it's, fun to, <laughs> it's fun to see people start to... I, I, I don't want to say enjoy their lives because some people like not spending money. I get it. Uh, you know what I mean? But but yeah, and 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 maybe... Maybe you won't spend it. Maybe you just use it for gifting. If you got grandkids and great grandkids, or maybe your kids even, that you want to start gifting some money, use that money for that while you're still alive. I had another client I was meeting in the brewer office recently, and her husband just passed uh, just before Thanksgiving. And we talked about gifting strategies. And I said, Have you thought about it? She said, Yeah, you know, me and Dick talked about this before he passed. I said, Well, I think it's a good idea at some point for, for you and I to talk about what does that mean for gifting? How do you start to do that for your kids and grandkids? While you're still here, you can see them enjoy whatever you're, you've worked for and created while you're still alive. You can see them utilize that. That's really very, uh, that's a very cool thing to be able to do. And folks, if you'd like to be able to set up, set that up or have that conversation, get things going, make, the, make that call to Kevin right now. Great idea, Steve. For the next 10 callers who will call in today, we're going to create a one-page financial review that will indicate if you're in need of a full-blown financial plan. This review is a $499 value. We're going to give it out absolutely free and complimentary with no obligation to the next 10 callers. What this will consist of is taking the mystery out of financial planning by mapping out for you where you are now. We'll also run a fee report to help you untangle what working with your current planner or advisor is costing you and see if by simply protecting your retirement investment, you could experience dramatic growth potential. We also perform a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes. We'll even run a customized income plan for you utilizing proven strategies and techniques which could turbocharge your retirement income and take the worry out of living in retirement. In short, we'll help you take the guesswork out of financial planning. For the next 10 callers, 
a comprehensive financial review that is a $499 value that we're going to give away complimentary with no obligation. 800-998-5649. You're going to get that comprehensive financial review that Kevin just described, and you will see where you are today, yes, of course, but more importantly, it does become that roadmap, that decumulation roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be in retirement. 800-998-5649. Ten callers right now. 800 998 5649. When we come back, we'll dispel three retirement myths, Social Security, the stock market, and savings. When should I take my Social Security? How much risk can I tolerate? I'm afraid I'm overpaying in taxes. Did I save enough? I can't keep up with all these rules. There are a lot of components to your retirement, and it certainly can seem overwhelming. It's time to establish a partnership with a professional who can provide you with a written plan, the proper strategies, and then be there with you along the way. That's Financial Safari's Kevin Frisbee, 800-998-5649, A billion dollar bills laid end to end with stretched 96,900 miles winding around the earth nearly four times. A trillion dollars laid in the same manner with stretched for 96,906,656 miles a distance farther than the sun. If you laid $1 billion side by side like tile, they would cover about four square miles. A trillion dollars laid out the same way would cover approximately 3,992 miles or 1,000 square miles larger than the states of Rhode Island and Delaware combined. Finally, how long would it take to spend each amount? If you spend $40 per second around the clock, it would take you 289 days to exhaust a billion dollars. If you did the same thing with a trillion dollars, it would take you 792.5 years to go broke. And you may ask, what comes after a trillion? How about quadrillion? Quintillion, sextillion, septillion, octillion, nonillion, and decillion. Let's hope we never get that far with the national debt. And what would $1 trillion buy? According to Kiplinger.com, $1 trillion would buy 41,999,160 new cars, 140 billion hours of labor, a year salary for 18 million teachers, Congress for the next 10,742 years, the star power of LeBron James for the next 50,000 years, 1.33 trillion chocolate bars, also 4,000 celebrity divorce settlements, it would generate $6.2 billion a month guaranteed for life, it would earn $12.9 billion of interest on a one-year CD, it would pay 56.8 million U.S. Army privates. It would cover 19.2 million American families. It would pay estate taxes for 2,871 billionaires. And $1 trillion would buy $1 million spending a day for nearly 3,000 years. <laughs> for Funny Money, I'm Teresa Opeka.
Hey, we are back on Financial Safari with Kevin Frisbee. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin is president of Frisbee & Associates, uh, and he is also the author of a great little book called Every Dime Every Day. And uh, so, again, great conversation that we're having here, Kevin, and I like these myths. Uh, and we haven't talked about Social Security in a while, so I, I'm glad we're going to kind of dig into this. And, uh, you know, I, I graduated from high school in 19... 19- well, a long time ago. Let's just say that. <laughs> I was waiting to hear that year. <laughs> but, but, again, but again, I think even in my in my government class, they would they were saying, "Well, Social Security may not be around for you." Well, I'm almost here, and guess what's still here? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's Social Security's not going to go anywhere. Do you think? No, I'm glad you brought that up because I I I think every other day, at least, I could ask this by somebody, and so it's a concern. It's a real concern with people out there. So. Social Security is not going away, number one. And it's fully funded till, if you, it depends on who you ask, 2030 or 2035. Mm-hmm. I, I hear different things every day that, that vary the year, but it's in that range, 2030 to 2035 range. Here's my take. Number one, Congress, who makes the laws and, and basically controls budget matters, always waits till the last minute to make changes to, to, to shore up things. And I suspect if it's funded till 2030, they're going to probably wait until 2028 or 2029 to, to make whatever changes need to be made. That's probably my guess. Okay. Um, having said that, the changes that they're going to make potentially, and I've read some of the proposals and ideas that are out there floated in, in the politicians' uh, conversations, is they're going to change the age, maybe make the age higher. They're going to change, meaning my right now, anybody born after 1960 the full retirement age is 67. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised to see that get bumped um, up or maybe you know people born after 1970, it might be 68 or 60 or 70, whatever that might be. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. I wouldn't be surprised to see the taxability amounts change. The, the first time Social Security was proposed taxed is in 1983. And the second time they increased the tax, it was 1993. They haven't dabbled in that now for almost 30 years. And 30 years is a long time for Congress not to dip into your pocket, don't you think? <laughs> I think it really is. Right. It's a long time. And so there's got to be some politician that's got that eyed to say, hey, we're going to look at now changing the tax amounts of Social Security. Number three, and a big thing to talking about is means-based testing. Boy, I You think know what that means? I do know what that means, and it scares me. It's scary. Yeah, it's scary. So means-based testing, if you don't know what that means, let, let's use the example, if you if you need to go to a nursing home, and in order to qualify for main care, for, for the government to pay the benefit or some of the benefit, they're going to make you spend and use your own assets and money first down to a certain level before they chime in. And so if they do means, that's means-based testing. If they do means-based testing for Social Security, that means, Mr. Smith, you were successful. You paid into Social Security all your life, but you were so successful in your investing or your business or whatever that might be, or being just frugal. You've saved so much money that we're not going to pay you your full Social Security because we think you did, did too well. And we're going to pay you only, I don't know, 60% of it. And then let somebody else that's not as frugal as what you've been over your lifetime get the additional benefit or get or get the benefit wow. even after you've paid in all your life. So that's what means-based testing is. It's a government-controlled factor that they put on somebody that has financial success over somebody that might not. Aren't they doing that right now with Medicare? Of course they are. It's a, it's a, yes, they are. It's a it's a Medicare Part B premium is is income based. So if you have if you have a higher earner, your Medicare Part B premium is instead of one hundred and forty four dollars and some change a month, it might be five hundred fifty dollars a month. So it's it's a factor. Yes, that's what means based testing. Since they've done it already for several other things, it's being talked about being included in calculating 
potential Social Security. So some of those ideas to that point is telling me that Social Security is not going away. It may change in this in the form that it is, but it's not going away. Sure, and and well, I mean, we've said this before too. But the politicians—I don't care what side of the aisle you're on—they're not stupid. And and because the the largest voting block in this country is over sixty, and that's, they're not going <laughs> to upset the apple cart. You're using my line now. That's exactly what I tell most of our clients who are in that baby boom generation. And so that's exactly my my line. I said I wouldn't worry if I was you because. You're a, you're the biggest voting block in in the history of the world, and most of the politicians are baby boomers themselves. Yes. So they're not stupid either. They're not going to cut their benefit, and so it's likely going to be the changes on maybe my generation, maybe obviously the younger generation, my son, and 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 the generations up and coming mm-hmm. for sure. All right. So again, so basically, uh, the the takeaway is Social Security really isn't going anywhere. It might look different, it might feel different, but it's going to be there. Um, so this other myth, we're talking about myths, and as we get to retirement, and uh, stock market returns and home appreciation are the biggest retirement risks. Well, that doesn't even sound like it's right, but I guess people do believe that, huh? Yeah. So, I mean, basically we hear a lot about market volatility and market volatility is always going to be there in the market. The problem with the market or, or, or I guess expecting market returns is if you've got all of your money in the stock market and you're retired and you're having, you're needing a distribution from that money and the market takes off to the downside, you're locking in losses. And so you'll never have a chance to get that money back once you start taking that money out for distributions. So what, what we like to do with people, we've got a lot of money in the market, don't get me wrong, but we like to take, if somebody comes in, we like to take some money and carve it off in something that's got some safety, some fixed features to it, have it as a bucket so that when the market is going down, we adjust where you're going to pull your income from. We go to the fixed bucket instead of the market bucket and let the market bucket do its thing and come back. So you're not going to be locking in losses. So there's a strategy to what we do. It's not just risk management by carving some money off out of the market, but it's also a distribution strategy for making sure you're not going to lock in losses and you can maximize your potential retirement funds. Well, it seems to me, and and we've talked about this before, and I think I've learned this from you over the years we've been doing this show, that the biggest risk factor here is is living too long, longevity. It it is one of the biggest risk factors, yes. So the the longevity factor is I have, I have a woman in here. It's she. She hasn't been in here maybe for about four or five months. Uh, we were doing some planning, and she says, "Well," and she's just retiring. She was a nurse. She says, "Well, I'm going to start taking this amount of money out of my my investment account." And I said, "And she's she's only I think 68, 69 years old." I said, "Well, if you do that, then that amount, based on the amount you have saved up, you're going to be out of money by the time you get to be 80 years old." She says, "Well, I don't expect to live past 80 anyway." And I said, well, but what if, what if you do? Yeah, you don't know that. I mean, uh, what, what, yeah, I mean, I mean, your expectation of what reality is, I mean, you almost can't die today, Steve. I mean, they get, they're making pigs parts in these hybrid human pig things. That they, I mean, they, they're making parts right now for, for, for people that get sick and have issues in the future that you, you, almost, you almost have to get run over by a bus to die these days. I don't, <laughs> you know, That's true. The, the medical world is doing amazing things, right? Yeah. To, to the point is, I said to her, I said, but but what if you do live to eighty five and you you plan on running out running your money out at eighty, and the the conversation was about her retiring now or not, and I was trying to prod her to not retire now because she frankly didn't have enough money saved up, and I said and I laid it out and I made a good case, but it's not my decision ultimately it's it's the client's decision, 
she did decide to retire and she did start that process. And I'm, I'm anxious for her because anxious meaning not positively anxious. I'm anxious to see if, if she gets to that point and she now comes to me and she's 80, what is she going to do? And I, I don't know. Well, I mean, I can't imagine what that's like to where if if you're retired, I mean, it, it's got to be a really bad day when you realize you're going to run out of money. And then the day when you actually do, that's just devastating. And and so what do you do? You hope you have children that have money. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I hope, you like, it, hope they like hope you. you like it, hope you like <laughs> the kids like you. Yeah, yeah I mean, that, you, you know, I mean, sell the house, but then where do you live? Right. I just, there's a lot of factors here that I, I, I'm just bringing it up because these are things that I've had in encounters with in the last several months. And I just want people out in the radio land to think these are conversations, ongoing conversations that I have, that we have as part of the consultations. We're just going to stir up co- co- questions basically in conversation. So though I want you to think when you come in, in the, com- in the consultation, I want you to think about these things. And maybe you've done a great job and you know that you just want a second opinion. Fine. But if you if you're not sure about something or or you're not sure how something works, that's what this all is all about. That's why we offer these radio shows and the TV shows to educate people and give the free consultation to come into the office to to kind of stir around some of these questions and hopefully get yourself some answers. And again, listen, well, I know we're up against the clock here, but uh, the other myth is, well, I can't afford to save for retirement. Well, I, well, I, I can't say yeah. what I want to say there, but <laughs> you know what I mean. I do know what you mean. Here's the thing. Again, I'm going to refer to my book. Yeah, I mean, we had a good book session today, I guess. Yeah. I wrote a whole chapter called the 10-20-70 rule. And I got this theory. It's not a theory. It's a fact from a book called The Richest Man in Babylon by George Clayson. Mm-hmm. And his, his, his plan is 10% minimum of everything you ever make, gross, goes into a long-term savings plan. 20% is to service debt. 70% is to lifestyle. And if you're telling me that you can't afford to save for retirement, I'm going to, I'm going to question you and say, what does your lifestyle look like? Right. That's bottom line. So that means you're overliving your, 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 where you should. That means you're, you're spending your money that you should be putting into a, a, a long-term savings plan for retirement. Well, so, yeah. So adjust your, adjust your lifestyle. Sure. And again, that's, it's uh, well, here's one way I can say this. So B is in B, S as in S. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, exactly now is the time to give Kevin a call and get on the calendar and, and have that conversation with him. Great idea, Steve. For the next 10 callers who will call in today, we're going to create a one-page financial review that will indicate if you're in need of a full-blown financial plan. This review is a $499 value. We're going to give it out absolutely free and complimentary with no obligation to the next 10 callers. What this will consist of is taking the mystery out of financial planning by mapping out for you where you are now. We'll also run a fee report to help you untangle what working with your current planner or advisor is costing you and see if by simply protecting your retirement investment, you could experience dramatic growth potential. We also perform a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes. We'll even run a customized income plan for you utilizing proven strategies and techniques which could turbocharge your retirement income and take the worry out of living in retirement. In short, we'll help you take the guesswork out of financial planning. For the next 10 callers, a comprehensive financial review that is a $499 value that we're going to give away complimentary with no obligation. 
folks, it is don't don't miss it. It's it's just a great way to begin the conversation, and that's what we're talking about here. And it's so important to take that first step to begin the conversation and start to map things out for your retirement. Let Kevin and the team translate that complex financial world, turn it into something that makes sense, so that it makes sense to you. Here's that chance to get a true practical financial review. 800-998-5649. 10 callers right now. Get the comprehensive financial review and all the extras that Kevin just talked about. You're going to see where you are today, of course, but more importantly, it does become that roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be in retirement. 800-998-5649. Again, 800-998-5649. Many listeners have questions about their retirement. When we come back, we'll tackle the most asked questions of the week. Do you ever feel like you are fighting for financial knowledge? Well, now you can get it at no cost or obligation. You can get a copy of our hot off the press 401k survival guide or take advantage of a complimentary consultation valued at over $999. Call Kevin Frisbee at 800-998-5649. Again, that's 800-998-5649. The original Borders Bookstore was founded in 1971 in Ann Arbor, Michigan by brothers Tom and Louis Borders. Borders was acquired in 1992 by Kmart, which had acquired mall-based book chain Walden Books eight years earlier. But Kmart had a tough time with the book division. In the Borders acquisition, Kmart merged the two companies, hoping that Borders executives would help with the struggling Walden Books. But several high-ranking Borders management staff left the company and Kmart executives to deal with the problems of an even bigger company and increasing competition from Barnes & Noble and Crown Books. Facing its own financial issues, Kmart spun off Borders and a highly structured stock purchase plan. The newly formed company was initially called Borders Walden Group and by the end of the same year, renamed simply Borders Group. In 2003, Borders had 1,249 stores using the Borders and Walden Books names. There were also international stores as well. The last year that Borders made a profit was in 2006. Its yearly income dropped by $1 billion over the next four years. On November 5th, 2009, Borders announced it would close some of its Walden bookstores in an effort to improve the profitability of its specialty retail operations. By January 2010, 182 stores had been closed. On February 16, 2011, the company announced that it had filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy protection. The company also announced the liquidation and closing of 226 stores. A United States bankruptcy judge approved a petition to liquidate. This resulted in the company converting their Chapter 11 case to Chapter 7. On July 22, 2011, Borders started closing its remaining 399 stores with a phased rollout. Business operations ceased in September 2011. Former rival and the current second largest chain of bookstores in the United States, Books a Million, had made a bid to acquire 30 to 35 stores and their assets on July 19, 2011, the day liquidation was approved by the courts. The two sides, however, were unable to come to an agreement suitable to all parties. Books a Million later resurrected its offer to buy portions of Borders Group, purchasing the leases for 14 stores in primarily New England and Pennsylvania. Borders USA closed the doors of its remaining stores on Sunday, September 18, 2011. 2011. The Borders online store closed on September 27, 2011. A banner then appeared on their website allowing users to browse but directed them to Barnes & Noble to complete their purchases.
We're back on Financial Safari. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Kevin Frisbee is here having a great conversation. Boy, this is a fast-paced show. Well, they always are. Um, and, and again, we're covering a lot of ground, important stuff. And uh, th- this is something, I mean, I know we talked about this last week, but but again, if folks are interested in your seminars, I mean, I know over the years we've talked an awful lot about them and, and how really they, they people love them. And uh, you've done something for us that can help us get there again. Yeah, we'll mention it again this week. Thanks for bringing it up, Steve. So we have, since we can't do the seminars in person yet, we've had recorded the 2021 Asset Preservation Workshop video recorded, and we've recorded the Retirement Income Planning Workshop video recorded. Myself and Lance Gilman have done those. And uh, if anybody wants to view those in the comfort of your home, we actually will be able to send you an email link with either seminar or both of them. We're perfectly fine with either one of them. Um, and it's great information, updated information for 2021. And if you've not seen one of our seminars in the past, hey, it's a great uh, it's a great view. It, and they're not short either. We get a, we pack a lot of information in them. The other thing we mentioned earlier in the show is um, instead of going to Amazon and get my book, you can go purchase it. And I appreciate that. I get a residual from from Amazon for that. But I'm going to give a copy of my book away. And if you're shopping for an advisor, I wrote a whole chapter on how to pick a financial advisor. So if you want to call up, get a copy of my book, uh, you're, you're welcome to do that. And then I'll throw this in too. I, I just did a box set with a DVD. Oh, wow. Um, some, okay. Some some great information. You and I put this together actually, Steve. Okay. And so the seven financial pitfalls, if you want a, co- a, a, a box set with all of the book, the DVD, everything we've got for info here, um, call up and uh, th- those are giveaways today. Today's show to to anybody that wants to call. All right. So every dime, every day, and the box set that Kevin just talked about eight hundred nine nine eight five six four nine. Set an appointment. Come on in and uh, pick up your stuff. Uh, <laughs> let's go ahead and jump yep. into a couple of questions here. Uh, Lawrence in Rangeley, and uh, he says, "I plan to retire next year and need to decide if I should roll my retirement account into an IRA." My current plan has very lim- very few investment choices. I've also worked for the same employer for 30 plus years, so I have a lot of company stock in my 401k. Any suggestions? Yeah, that's that's great. Uh, great email, Lauren. Thanks for writing in. Here's the thing. If you're planning to retire in the next year, and the first thing that stands out to me, if you have a lot of company stock, and I see this a lot of times with Bath Iron Works, and they have a lot of GD stock or maybe a Procter & Gamble, and they have a lot of P&G stock. It, it, it reminds me of the days of Enron. And I'm not saying those companies are great companies. I'm not saying this, but some of these people worked for Enron for years and decades and thinking it was a great company. And all of a sudden, you know, they had a, a, an accounting problem and the stock went to, t- to tank. And so their retirement was basically gone. So diversification is, is what the, the, I guess the word of the day here is for you, Lauren, trying to figure out how to diversify to make sure you, you don't have too much in company stock. That's one suggestion. And at some point, looking at your 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 limited options, you're, you're telling me in your 401k, most 401ks don't have a lot of options. And so that's why a lot of people come in if they're eligible by age, 59 and a half years old. If you're at least 59 and a half and you have a 401k at your current workplace, a lot of people don't know this, Steve, but they can roll over their 401k to an outside IRA, no taxes. You still keep a 401k open and get the contributions and match but it allows you to be able to look at investment options outside of 
that limited 401k. So nice. that's what I would, yeah, that's what I would tell you, Lauren, to, to, to maybe come on in and we can talk about what those options are. 800-998-5649, Lauren, that's the number. And and again, with that whole company stock thing, I can see where that might be a little, uh, what do they say, sticky wicket, <laughs> depending on, on what the market's doing, right? It, it depends on the market, depends on the stock, obviously, but you don't want to get in a position where you're close to retirement, you're depending on one company's uh, stock. Yeah. Sure. All right. Uh, let's see. Kyle is in Old Town. He says, this is a very simple question. I like it. He says, what happens to my annuity after I die? Well, it depends on what kind of annuity, actually. Um, All right. There's some annuities out there. The old style annuities are designed for high income while you're still alive. And sometimes the insurance company's contract says that they keep the money if you die prematurely. The 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 opposite side of that is if you live longer, the insurance company's on the hook and ends, ends up having to pay you the rest of your life. There's a lot of different annuities out there. And this this annuity conversation stirs up a lot here, as you can imagine. Mm-hmm. I had somebody uh, in the office just a few days ago that had variable annuities. And we, we started to dig in what the fees are and the risk is in the variable annuity. And it's just, they couldn't believe it, what they were sold, basically. It wasn't, wasn't a good solution, what they were trying to do. So to your, to your question, Kyle, I wouldn't recommend an annuity that went to the insurance company after you died, unless you had no beneficiaries and you had nobody to leave anything to, and you wanted to make sure your guaranteed income was going to be for the rest of your life and and be a higher amount than a normal type of account. The flip side is there are annuities that are out there that you can do the same thing with a lifetime payment that have beneficiary designations. And so that would be the way to go probably I would recommend because if you you know if you get hit by a bus a week after you take out that annuity you want something to go to even if you don't have beneficiaries you want something to go to somebody somewhere even if it's a humane society yeah I, I, I was talking with somebody else about that about uh, about leaving a, a amount of money to a, to a pet you know through a through a trust or whatever do people do I, that I, two things I, I read an article a few weeks ago on Yahoo that. Uh, somebody had some wealthy uh, Floridian had died and left five million dollars to his pooch and the caretaker was responsible for the dog and all the caretakers but left five million dollars to the dog and I just recently had a, a, a brand new client come in and telling me that she had laid out in her will she had uh, uh, she was a, f- a former veterinarian so she still does vet work but she had laid out percentages to go to her ferret and to her dog and to some of her birds and I thought well there's nothing wrong with that because this is her family. And so at the end of the day, this is what her intent is. And she worked to save this money. Who am I or anybody else to judge right. what she does with her money? I think that's a, a, a fair thing for her to, to consider doing. Sure. Well, I, I, you make a point. I mean, you know, she saved the money. She earned it. But she can do whatever she wants. That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. 800-998-5649. That's the number, Kyle, if you'd like to learn some more. Uh, Ron is in Farmington. He says, I turned 52, been working for the same company for nearly 21 years. I came in at the tail end of pensions and then was converted to a 401k. Now, I've never met with an advisor. I think it's time. What should I be looking for and how should I prepare? That's an interesting That's a great question. question. That's, yeah. that's usually the question we get when people come in for the consult is what do I bring and what does that look like? And so we typically tell people and to, to you, Ron, as well, put together anything you want to bring in and, t- and talk about. If it's financial documents, if it's statements, if it's investments, put that together. The, the first conversation is just having you come in and, and talk about what's going on, what your goals are, what you're trying to do. And a lot of times that in that first conversation, I'm going to give homework to people to go back at home and bring in whatever additional things that might be needed to be able to put that that written plan, that that real financial plan together. So don't feel like you have to put everything together, Ron. 
just get together whatever you want to talk about. And then we'll put the pieces of the puzzle together when you come in and have that consult. Mm -hmm. Well, and again, so what he's talking about too. So do you run into people who were in that transition phase of, of they had a pension and then it got converted to a 401k? I mean, that seems, that seems sort of interesting, an interesting time. That that's, that's actually more popular than you would think, Steve. And, really? and, and the reason is because in the last, let's say 10 or 20 years, companies have wanted to get away from the pension. I've seen this a lot in the East of Maine Medical Center up in uh, the Bangor Brewer area. And so they had an old plan uh, that, that used to be a pension plan. And they basically forced, they didn't even tell the people they, they were doing this. They forced and took all that lump sum money, put it into the individual's name in Bluefin is their plan name up there. So that Bluefin money that these Eastern Maine healthcare workers have is the former pension money. But they, the company, the former company did that because they didn't want to have that liability of the pension anymore on the books. Mm-hmm. And, and by chance, when they moved it, they sold off to another company, which wow. is why they had done it in the, in the first place. So that, it's actually pretty common. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, Ron, if you want to learn some more, 800-998-5649. We've got time for one more. It's Angie in Buxton. She, she says, I read that 80% of married men die married, while 80% of married women die single. So I'm wondering if I should have a separate retirement plan. It's completely different from my husband's. We're both 57 and in good health now. What do you think? Yeah, what do you think, Kevin? Yeah, that's that's a that's a real statistic, by the way, Angie. And thanks for writing in. And yeah, 80% of married men die married because they're, they're males. And and statistically, they're going to go. If you're both 57 here, he's going to go three years before you. That's just the way it is, and that's how we're built. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows though, right? Just to my point of my client that I had in here and her, her husband had passed uh, back in January and, and the plan was because she was four years older that she was going to go first and it didn't happen. And so at the end of the day, you have to have a plan that fits both of you together. And if he does kick the bucket, so to speak, before you, then you readjust that plan. But but make the plan so that both of you can sustain your lifestyle until both of you have passed away. So at 57, they're both 57. That's a great time to really sort of tweak the plan and, and make sure they're on the right track and, and a great time to give you a call. It totally is. That's the perfect time, I would say. I, we help a lot of people that call up that are 60s and even in their 70s. And But, but at the end of the day, if you want to really get a handle on getting direction, in your 50s, 57, 58, 59, 60 years old is, is the ideal time. Okay. Well, great. And and uh, we are up against the clock already again, Kevin. So why don't we uh, invite folks to call one last time today? Sounds great, Steve. For the next 10 callers who will call in today, we're going to create a one-page financial review that will indicate if you're in need of a full-blown financial plan. This review is a $499 value. We're going to give it out absolutely free and complimentary with no obligation to the next 10 callers. What this will consist of is taking the mystery out of financial planning by mapping out for you where you are now. We'll also run a fee report to help you untangle what working with your current planner or advisor is costing you and see if by simply protecting your retirement investment, you could experience dramatic growth potential. We also perform a tax analysis to reveal how you could possibly reduce your taxes. We'll even run a customized income plan for you utilizing proven strategies and techniques which could turbocharge your retirement income and take the worry out of living in retirement. In short, we'll help you take the guesswork out of financial planning. For the next 10 callers, a comprehensive financial review that is a $499 value that we're going to give away complimentary with no obligation. 
Hey folks, here it is. This is a great time to sit down and and really map it out. I mean, we were just talking about uh, you know Angie taking a you know taking a look at what makes sense in terms of uh, her retirement plan. Maybe it's time to make what makes sense of your retirement plan. Kevin can take a lot of that complex financial world, turn it into something that really makes sense. It is a chance for you to get a true practical financial review. So give us a call. It's 800-998-5649. You heard Kevin. The next ten callers are going to get that comprehensive financial review, plus all the extras that go along with it. You will see where you are today, but more importantly, it does become that roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. Give us a call. It's 800-998-5649. Again, 800-998-5649. Kevin, I say this all the time, but it's true. It's one of my favorite hours of the week. It's such a fast-paced show and great information. Thanks, Stephen. All the callers today, if you're listening, you're going to call in. We're going to answer the phone within an hour. We're going to return your call within an hour of the show ending. So give a call. Don't procrastinate. We can't wait to take those calls. Hey, thanks for listening, everybody. We really, truly appreciate it. We're going to be back again next week. New topics, new questions, and a whole lot more with Kevin Frisbee on Financial Safari. Radio. Information provided is for illustrative purposes only and does not constitute investment, tax, or legal advice. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Neither Peter J. Deruta or his guests are liable for the usage of information discussed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal, or tax professional before taking any action. Annuity guarantees are based solely on the financial strength and claims-paying ability of the issuing company. Individuals should thoroughly review the contract for specific details of the product features and costs. Income payments and withdrawals from deferred annuities are generally taxable as ordinary income in the year they are taken.